Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant Saturday. Howdy to you, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France, yep. on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West and out in Los Angeles. It's our other co-host, Todd Roberts. Howdy, sir. Howdy. Uh, hello, gentlemen. How are you? We be fine. It we be okie dokie. We are going to talk oh. about today about uh, the movies of uh, Kirk Douglas, who passed last week at 103. And uh, we'll also throw he in... He way too early. He did. Uh, we'll also mention um, Robert um, uh, Conrad, who also passed, and uh, some of his westerns. But before we get to any of that, I do have an announcement that right. I promised I would pass out to uh, all of our listeners especially in uh, the Arizona area, next Saturday and Sunday, the 22nd and 23rd, from 1 to 5 at the Oracle Inn Steakhouse in Oracle, Arizona, is Cody Family Stories. It's a uh, uh, it's Buffalo Bill Cody Days in Oracle, and uh, the reason they're doing this is why not? Um, Buffalo Bill Cody visited Tucson often during the last decades of his life, He owned several mines at Campo Benito in the Santa Catalina Mountains near Oracle, and he also spent many winters in the Oracle area managing his mines, which produced a variety of tungsten, silver, and gold. And this year marks the 103rd anniversary of of Cody's passing in January of uh, 1917. So on Saturday, the 22nd, from 1 to 5, Gerald Cody will share some Cody family stories. A variety of uh, uh, vendors will be there, book talks and so forth. And on Sunday, Robert E. Zucker will talk about the legends and the history of the Catalina Mountains, Cody and his mines, and Oracle's unique history. A lot of people don't understand or think about Oracle, but, you know, you watch some of the old westerns on TV that are somewhat accurate, Mm -hmm. and when they talk about Arizona and the Tucson and the Tombstone area, they talk about Red Rock and they talk about Oracle as being, I don't know that they were jumping cities or not. One of the very early silent westerns. Uh, mine with the iron door was mm-hmm. shot in Oracle. Mm-hmm. So you know, Oracle, uh, it, it's it, it's a cow town, and uh, so that's why we pass this on. Twenty twenty Buffalo Day, Buffalo Bill Cody Days in Oracle, February twenty two and twenty three, uh, from one to five. And uh, if you want to get some information, you can call five two zero. Six two three three seven three three five two zero six two three thirty seven thirty three. You know, I just might put on my black hat and slither into town on Sunday. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Howdy, stranger. <laughs> let's move on here and uh, start talking about uh, the great Kirk Douglas, and uh, I call him great because I think he was great. Yeah, I think he was too. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through a kind of a quick life story of him here just to just to get those highlights over he was born isher danilovich and shortly thereafter the name was changed to isidore dimsky and he went through early life being called izzy and other things but uh just to give you an idea but just kind of his character he put himself through saint lord's uh, university as a waiter he excelled in wrestling and dabbled in school dramatics. 
After school, he worked as a pro wrestler, usher, bellhop to put himself through the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And at that time, that was the the premier uh, venue for studying uh, acting mm -hmm. way before the method BS. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> he made his Broadway debut in 1941. Shortly afterwards, joined the Navy. Uh, returned to Broadway after his discharge. So kind of just to uh, segue away from that for a second. Uh, he was discharged for an injury. Uh, it, it wasn't a combat injury, but it was a combat. They had found a ping. He was on a patrol craft for submarines. Mm -hmm. And they got some pings, which identified it as a submarine. And the standard uh, procedure is they fire a charge. And if they get, and then that gives them a good positive ring once they right. got that. Yeah. So the next thing is they fire a smaller charge to mark the area where the mm -hmm. depth charge went off. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, one of the sailors hit the wrong lever and they blew a regular depth charge, which blew up right away, mm. slammed him across the deck and injured a bunch of the guys. Mm -hmm. But from that, he ended up with intestinal injuries and had problems, and that was why he was discharged. Medic medically discharged. Yes, medically. <laughs> but, and he was on, or is it here? I've got it here somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah, he was on, uh, well, where did it go? Never mind. <laughs> Okay, anyhow, after he got out, he did, he went back to Broadway, did several plays. In fact, I've got a list of a dozen plays that he did over the years. Uh, did a little radio, and then he moved out to California and went to work on The Secret Life of Martha Ayers. And it's pretty much, you know, it's, it's the beginning, and it started out like a gangbuster. Um, and the type of roles he was played best were cocky, selfish, intense, forceful, egocentric. Which, when you think about it, that's the that's the visual image that you, you come across in one form or another in all, in almost all of his films. And he was uh, in some article I had read. He he was worried about how he came across as always angry. Yeah. And and Todd, what do you got to throw in there? Well, I think uh, it's very interesting that you point those things out, Bunker, because he no one could get as intense or angry as Kirk Douglas on uh, as an actor, uh, or express that, should I say, mm -hmm. better than him. But it's also forgotten that he had a great smile, mm -hmm. and he had a great laugh, and he could communicate that humor, happiness, uh, and so on, as well as anybody, and definitely as well as he could his anger and and uh, being embittered or hatred or whatever. So it, it, that that's a great talent, and it also shows what truly a great actor he was. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I think it's also important to remember that you know when you talk about Broadway um, in the early seventies, it was he who brought Cuckoo's Nest to Broadway and yeah. played Arpy McMurphy. And he got his son to produce it, who then went on to produce the film Michael Douglas did, which got uh, five Academy Awards, including Best, Pic Best Actor, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, and so on. So, uh, you know, I think that his dad was broke, shall we say, broke down many doors 
Um, Kirk Douglas broke down many doors, and he, he also did things uh, opposed that many other actors would not have been willing to take the chance or risk on, such as Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Um, because the character, although still somewhat funny or affable uh, in the Broadway play, is nowhere near as funny and interesting and affable as he is on film with Jack Nicholson. He's a little a little uglier, a little harder. Uh, and that was a risk. But also, I just, you know, from the beginning, he had some traits that very few other actors did. He did a lot of his own stunts, like mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster did. They worked together so often. But he was also in tremendous, and we all know this, tremendous physical shape. Right. He just, his, his, he worked on his body as much as he worked on his mind and his, shall we say, in, in, in the acting world, his instrument, which is himself as an actor. And, you know, there's a great film in the 50s where he's, um, he's a military uh, officer, a high-ranking military officer, and uh, this woman is brought in to interview him or something from the paper. I forget exactly what it is. I don't remember the name. I'm telling you this story because it, the, he she walks into his office and um, he is on a kind of like a um, kind of like a, uh, a skateboard with no wheels, <laughs> and it's on top of a round barrel, and he is. Um, he is measuring himself. He, he is keeping himself measured, um, uh, balanced on it. And he's uh, keeping his balance and moving back and forth. And it is some of the greatest example of dexterity and coordination you've ever seen. Yeah. Not to mention core strength. It's it's really, it's something out of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Well, you know... And, uh, he was he was the real deal inside and out. Yeah. Well, you know, Harry and I were talking just before the show came on, and just fortunately this morning, I, when I got up, I turned the TV on to the Grit channel because it's all cowboy all the time, and the big trees was on. And so I would you know, brush my teeth and do other thing and keep an eye on the set. And right there towards the end of the picture, uh, he has a scene there where he's getting ready to blow up the dam so that he can get the water down to the good religious folks so that they can keep the redwoods growing. And uh, John Archer uh, is the bad guy in that. And anyhow, he, sp- he spies Archer up on the top of the cliff. As he's, as he, and this is right in what you were saying. Uh, him and his uh, cohorts... Uh, Douglas and his cohorts, they've lit in the fuse and they're running across this log that's running over the river. He stops in the middle and he looks up and he sees Archer running. Well, I mean, you know, just the, the balance that it takes to do that and comfort. He does, he looks up and he goes back, runs up along the side of the cliff, and this is a sure cliff, and he goes up that cliff like these parquet guys. I mean, just like a cat. And I'm watching this thing close because I'm looking for the cut. You see when mm-hmm. the double comes in, there's no cut. And he goes all the way up to that top of that cliff like a cat. I mean, there's no false move. Hmm. And then he gets up there, Archer kicks him. He does kind of a back turnaround, holding on one hand, rolls onto his back and grabs the, the cliff on the other. Jeez. And, I mean, the, you know, this, the, the sheer physicality of this man is amazing. Hmm. One of our listeners uh, emailed uh, earlier in the week to ask 
There was a Kirk Douglas movie that took place in the mid-1900s where he was a cowboy that was past his time. Hmm. He was arrested by modern law enforcement, then escaped. He got on his horse and was chased through the wilderness until he lost the pursuers only to get hit by a truck when coming off a slope. He ju- That's uh, Archie Lonely or the Brave. Lonely or the Brave. With, uh, Lonely or the Brave. Gina Rollins plays the wife of his best friend. Beautiful. Who he breaks into jail to get him out. And he's, when he gets into jail to break him out, he says, no, I don't want to break out. I'm going to serve my little bit of time here. And, I'm gonna, and he's like, but don't you want to be free? Don't you want to buck the system? Don't you want to, you know, thumb your nose at the man? He's like, no. You know, and Douglas just can't understand it. It's beyond his comprehension. So he he does break out. He gets out. The sheriff that's chasing him is Walter Matthau. Beautiful job. And the guy driving the truck is Carol O'Connor. Yep. And it's a, one of my favorite films, one of my favorite titles of all time. There you are, Gary. It Lonely. So much in the so much in the title. There you Lonely are. are the brave. There you are, Gary. Lonely are the brave. Well, you know, and the interesting thing is that it's based on uh, the brave cowboy Edward Albee, and Dalton Trumbo did the script. When we all know the story about Trumbo and being on the blacklist, and uh, apparently, Douglas really loved Trumbo and his writing because uh, they said that when he when he did the treatment for Lonely or the Brave, what they shot was the first draft. That's how right on he was. Mm, wow! And well, he he could be one of the Bunker. You're absolutely right. He could be one of the greatest screenwriters we ever had, other than Ben Heck yeah. and Robert Town. Um, but you know, I would also you, you can't mention that film. Uh, those two together without mentioning Spartacus, yeah. which Douglas also produced and insisted Dalton Trumbo write. And that was the first picture that Trumbo got to write in his own name again. Right. And it was 12, 11 years. He'd been blacklisted for 11 years. Yeah. 1960, he was able to come out of the shadows. Well, it was the Otto Preminger and Harm's Way and Douglas with. Uh, Spartacus that put, broke the back on the uh, blacklist, hmm. and I think yeah. that's great. Well, and, and Harm's Way is another unbelievable example of Douglas's acting, mm-hmm. um, the torment that he he feels um, uh, betrayed by his wife who's having an affair and is killed uh, by a Japanese Zero pilot on the beach with her lover in on the morning of December 7th, Pearl mm-hmm. Harbor. Uh, and he has to go retreat and identify her body, and he's then given a paper bag of her belongings, um, her effects, and uh, you know, like from the market. And he takes it, and the way he holds it is he's very angry, uh, but he at the same time is not. He doesn't show that anger to the bag. And it's kind of like he's almost carrying his wife in a way, mm-hmm. or the memory, or the memory of her, the good times. Great actor, really one of the, one of the greatest actors I, I can think of. And for those of you who want to know a lot about him, just read his autobiography, The Ragman's Son. Right, great book. Right, great book. I want to throw out just the thing that one of the co-stars in that movie that nobody ever talks about 
or very seldom, except cowboys, and that's Whiskey, the horse, mm. who was Bobby Davenport, who trained Whiskey, used him in a lot of shows. He was even in the villain, mm-hmm. but uh, Whiskey was just an amazing horse. And, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that this was shot almost entirely in the Albuquerque area, up in the Sandia Mountains, and it was shot by Joel Productions, which was his other production company, named after his, I think it's his third son. Mm-hmm. And, or, yeah. And, um, you know, and, of course, Berna, which was named after his mom, which he did probably 20 or more movies under that title. But it just, you know, he. Though this is interesting too. Uh, Douglas's comment. They asked somebody asked him about it, and he and he has said you know, on record that that was his favorite role. And they said, well, what can you say about the movie? And his response was, the movie speaks for itself. All right. And on that note, we're going to take our very first commercial break here. We are talking about the movies of uh, the late Kirk Douglas. He made 18 westerns. We're going to get to those right after this. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, Let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans 
to find out how you can help. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777 Classic Western Comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. I'm a roving cowboy Far away from home Far from the prairie Where I used to roam We are back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander in Bunker de France and in Los Angeles, it's Todd Roberts. And we are, uh, let's see, that was Riders in the Sky there, carrying me back to Lone Prairie. Mm. Good stuff. Good group. Good Good stuff, good stuff. We're talking about the movies of um, uh, Kirk Douglas, who passed last week at the age of 103. I can't even imagine living yeah. that long. Yeah. I, mean, I feel I, that I, way I, sometimes. I, I feel, yeah, I feel that way. But I just cannot imagine no, I, sticking around that and long. And he was, he was acting. I remember seeing a thing on uh, CBS News when they first announced his death. Uh, and I can't remember the guy that's the anchor. But uh, he had done an interview with Douglas uh, right after his 100th birthday. And Douglas is up and about showing him the garden. And yeah. Just, you know, and just, you, you go, God, that is amazing. Well, you know, I've got a huge. I got what I think is kind of a humorous story uh, about Douglas, and it concerns William Wyler. When Douglas was shooting Detective Story, uh, Wyler's notorious about not commenting to the actors <laughs> or giving suggestions. Yeah. You know, if his, his theory was they'll figure it out. You know, and so anyhow, but Douglas was concerned because he was getting no comment or feedback or. Suggestions about his performance, and it and it was you know, he was concerned about it. Well, several years later, Douglas uh, runs into Wyler, and, and in conversation, Wyler says to Douglas, "By the way, Kurt, I saw a Detective Story on TV last night. You were very good, very <laughs> good." <laughs> All right, the westerns, the, the westerns that he made. Uh, there were eighteen of them, according to IMDb, which is I have, this, a, I have a couple of which is the source that I use, and Bunker has some of his secret sources that he uses that he refuses to. They're right next to my secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, right. The uh, first one that I have listed here is "Along the Great Divide" uh, from nineteen fifty one. Raoul Walsh, director, Kirk Douglas, Virginia Mayo, John Agar, Walter Brennan. The original title or alternate title was The Travelers. Good movie, I think. Oh, I liked it. I, I mean, that was... Well made. Yeah, well was, made. And he, he got, he's got a line in there, and it's the typical ang- angry Douglas line. You're all guilty. You'll all pay. <laughs> yeah. Got some great Perfect. scenery in there, too, yeah. 
and a, a pretty good supporting cast to boot. Oh yeah, you know, no, no, uh, no question there. I mean, John, Mayo, you know, John Agar was Agar yeah. was no slouch, no. and he never Walter gets Brennan. the recognition he no. should have got. And Walter Brennan, of course. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen fifty-two, the Big Trees oh, story sorry. about a Quaker colony trying to save the giant sequoias from the timber baron. It's directed by Felix E. Feist. It stars Kirk Douglas, Eve Miller. Patrice Wymore and Edgar Buchanan. Don't forget the bad guy, John Archer, and our good friends, Alan Hale Jr., Roy Roberts, mm -hmm. and that lady is in every Western almost, Ellen Corby. <laughs> <laughs> the little old yeah, lady. Uh, and that, by the way, it was... Uh, Mrs. Uh, Grandma Walton. Yeah. yeah. My God, she's so. in... I saw her in... Uh, um, what's that Robert Culp uh, series? Uh, Wild Wild West? No, 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 Robert Culp. Stick. Oh, Robert, oh, Trackdown. Trackdown. I Spy. What? No, no, I no. Spy? No, no, she was in Trackdown. With the Cowboy. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That, the, okay. I love I loved Trackdown because one of the things about Culp in that is he never stood when he could lean on something. That's right. <laughs> and the boy I you would also, uh, I'd say also to say that, um, you know, this film is a perfect example of how how funny and um, affable and aloof he could be because he he's constantly having to con his lumberjack crew yeah. into working without pay. And, uh, you know, every time payroll comes around, he tells them, no, they're ready to string him up. Mm -hmm. But by the, by, by the end of it all, you know, by the end of his little spiel, they're like, all right, well, we'll keep working for you. Okay. Yeah. You know, let's go yeah, here. Con man. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 it shows you his his diversity as an actor, and and how he could go back and forth in in mood changes and so and so on. And you know, this is kind of neat if you think about this. Uh, William S. Hart was the noted for playing the bad guy who turns good. You know, the bad guy mm -hmm. with the heart of gold. And that's exactly what Douglas did in a lot of his shows. He was he would start out as a not likable or even in this case, you know, uh, scheming kind of guy. But by the end of the picture, you know, you're rooting for him. One of the uh, yeah. one of the movies that our uh, one of our listeners uh, posted at Facebook, uh, uh, John Buzzard says Paths of Glory, not a Western, but oh, one of his yeah. best performances. Well, this is uh, Kubrick, Kubrick and, yeah. and uh, um, Douglas again, and uh, Adolf Manju is tremendous in it, and everybody in the film is fabulous. Uh, but it, it might be Douglas's greatest role, other than Champion, mm -hmm. um, I could say. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this, in this role, his anger is all contained. In Champion, his his anger is all expressed physically mm -hmm. as a boxer. And that is, uh, but the final scene when he uh, when he has the stroke and dies, um, it's as powerful a death scene you've ever seen. Mm. His, his torment is unparalleled. And Champion is the movie that uh, is said to have really uh, boosted well, Douglas's career. Correct. He got an Academy Award nomination. Well, all right. Yeah. I guess that'll do it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. His 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 portrayal of. This tormented guy who's in love with a woman that no matter what he does, she basically tries to hurt him. Uh, it's just is a tremendous portrayal uh, of a guy who just he can't win no matter what he does, even when he's champion. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. 
And you know, that's interesting. One of the sidebars on this, because it shows you again how uh, Douglas was loyal to the people that he valued. <clears throat> that was also Stanley Kramer's first picture as a producer. Wow. Which got him going wow. as, you know, in the business. Interesting. The next movie. And I'll also say, so one the last thing I'm sorry about it is he, we see all these boxing films and these guys don't know how to box. Mm -hmm. He really knew how to box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was, boy, he was good. He was good. Yeah. The next movie up is uh, from 1952, directed by Howard Hawks, The Big Sky. Oh. Kirk Douglas, Dewey oh. Martin, Elizabeth Th uh, Threat, and uh, Arthur Honeycutt. This is the only movie I have seen more times than The Searchers. What? I love The Big Sky. <laughs> That is so do I. I, I, so do I. I can I cannot get enough. That's the kind of movie that if you know, like you you've gotten up and you're turned on the TV set and you're heading out the door and it's right in the middle of the movie you stop and watch for five minutes. That is one of those must see westerns. It is well, it, and it it does have one thing in it that is, uh, I mean, all these films are great, but the one thing that always stands out more than anything in this film to me is how. Uh, the scene where he they have to cut his finger off, yes. and he has to get drunk, mm -hmm. you know, to 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 deal with the pain. And you know, this is another thing that Douglas does so well. So many actors never mastered uh, mastered trying to be anger and happiness uh, in the same film, or being physical, being a boxer. Most of them look like apoplectic um, starfish, and then you have, <laughs> in this case. Uh, getting drunk in yeah. his getting drunk is so real. It's so, it's not, you know, he's not, he's just real. And if you've ever been drunk, which I know the three of us never have, so never, we, never, no way, never, we could never really talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the people that I've seen, I've seen drunk in life are very much the way he plays them. And I think it's just. It's, it's a happy drop, yeah. and it's a now, now, here's a great sidebar on that. A few years earlier, Howard Hawks was doing a little movie called Red River, mm -hmm. and he had a scene he wanted to do in there mm -hmm. where John Wayne uh, has to have his finger cut off, and Walter Buchan uh, well, Walter right. Brennan is supposed to be doing it. And the way the scene was written, it was written as a comic scene, uh, really showcasing Brennan. Mm -hmm. And Ox asked Wayne if he was comfortable doing it, and he he said no. He said I'm just not comfortable doing that. <laughs> and so Hawks I apparently never forgot that because here you go. A few years later, there there it is. He it it in. He it in. <laughs> hang hang on to it. And I I also I think it's so interesting that Dewey Martin, who was the heartthrob of the day, yeah, uh, is given a real run from his money. Uh, his run for his money from from Douglas yes. was such a feel in this film. And, you know, this is from one of my favorite books, too. You know, The Big Sky, A.B. Guthrie. Uh, that is just, I, I recommend that book to anybody out there that hasn't read it or is not familiar with uh, Guthrie to grab it and read it. 
We are talking about the films of the late Kirk Douglas here on Emil Frangie's Voices of the West. Uh, he made 18 westerns. We'll get to most of the, the rest of those after our next commercial break. If you've got uh, something you'd like to ask or post or uh, rail about for, uh, for us. Rail, yes, you, rail. You can go to our Facebook page and do that at uh, facebook.com slash Voices of the West. Or you can email us at Voices of the West at gmail.com. Or you can uh, make some, some sort of... Uh, uh, what do they call them? Tweets. Uh, we got we got the bird now, so uh, we're on the Twitter. <laughs> we're on the Twitter, so you can uh, tweet whatever you would like. Uh, of course, it's Voices of the West is the Twitter handle. So with that, we are going to uh, continue with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Stay tuned. Our wonderful sponsors. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Man, this is frustrating. It's taken me like five minutes just to load my homepage. Did you try Control-Alt-Delete? Uh-huh. Did you jiggle the cord? Uh-huh. Did you turn it on and off again? Uh-huh. Call Arizona Computer Guru. Don't let viruses get you down. With our Guru Protection Service, we'll keep you virus-free. In fact, if you were to get a virus, we would fix it for free. Speak to a technician right now at 304-8300 or at azcomputerguru.com. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. 
Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zouts podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zouts. Until then, that's a wrap. Why? Those old enemy, prickly Jack, come to nervous elk. It's Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack Slate. This is the voice. Ah, yes, that is uh, the uh, little cut there from The Villain, 1979, uh, starring Kirk Douglas, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Anne Margaret. Oh, and a a big big old cast uh, in that. I mean, it was really, Foster Brooks plays, uh, uh, Foster Brooks is in that, right? Yeah. Don't forget Paul Lynn, who Paul was Lynn. nervous, Ner- ner- nervous Ner- elk. Nervous elk, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite characters. Uh, uh, so, uh, oh, and speaking of... I worked on that one. I know you did. Yes. We're going to get to that in just a bit. We are. Oh, are we <clears> going to do go through the list in, well, in proper order? I'd like to, but oh, moreover, moreover, what I want to talk about is uh, you heard the Horse and Around Rescue uh, commercial there, and we used the um, uh, bit from Mr. Ed, yes. the TV show. I found, Todd, you'll like oh, this, yes. I found the original pilot of Mr. Ed from 1958, and 26 minutes, uh, and uh, Scott McKay plays Wilbur. Um, I don't remember the rest of the cast, but... Uh, and, and who was Ed? I did not see the credit. Uh, who, was it still... Uh, I don't Alan, know if it was Rocky, Rocky Lane. Alan? I don't know if it was Rocky Lane or not. Wilbur! <laughs> it sounded like Rocky, but, I mean... What, oh, nobody sounded like that except Ed. <laughs> what a treat that was to watch. I mean... Yeah, silly show, but come on, you know, Friday night, Valentine's Day, what else is there to do? But, well, well lots to do. Shows, yeah. Lots to do, but, you know, when you're too old to do those <laughs> when things. When you're younger, there is. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Amel Franzi's Larry, voice. Larry, don't, don't, don't discount your level of participation <laughs> in the libation and celebration. Of the Amaximations. Uh, and perspiration. So, and perspirations, yes. All right. Which our, will lead to perspiration. <laughs> <laughs> our next movie up comes from 1955. King Vador uh, directed this one, Man Without a Star, starring uh, Kirk Douglas, Gene okay. Crane, Claire Trevor, and William Campbell. Drifter working as a foreman for an iron fist female rancher must choose sides between his attractive employer and the other neighboring settlers who are mistreated by her. Hmm. Don't forget Richard Boone and J.C. Flippin. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Richard he, and Boone he, is so good as the bad guy. Yes, he is. As he always is. The and, good, the best bad guy and out there. This is, this is right up your alley, Todd. Douglas sings and plays the banjo, which just proves he has that frivolous side. He's multi-talented. Yeah. How multi-talented he truly is. 2,000 leagues. Not to mention in the beginning when he he takes the job on the ranch and they show him the bathroom. 
and uh, the, the toilet's in the house, and he just can't believe it. He yeah. and they keep talking about it. Uh, how do you do? do, do it's unnatural. Do, do, you, do, do you know that it's inside the house? <laughs> and uh, it's just a, it's a it's it's a joke that doesn't get tired in the film. It's just plain unnatural. That's what it is. <laughs> 1955, the Indian fighter, a scout leading a wagon train through hostile Indian country, unwittingly gets involved with a Sioux chief's daughter. Andre Dutos, uh, director, Kirk Douglas, Elsa Martinelli, Walter Matthau, and Diana Douglas. Don't forget Lon Chaney and Walter Abel. Yes. And this is interesting because this was Berna Productions' first uh, production. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then the next two movies... Oh, that- well, let me just add another little thing here. This is because this is kind of cool. Uh, up, They shot this up in uh, Central Oregon, and they built a fort called Fort Benham. It was used in two other pictures after that, uh, the Oregon Passage and Tonka, and some episodes of Have Gun, Will Travel. Interesting. The next two movies up in the queue are uh, ones that uh, are most exceptional, uh, mainly because they were filmed in the southeastern Arizona area. Yeah, I'll be... I'll, I'll Really? I'll be uh, providential about that or whatever. You're uh, being very mysterious I am. here. Gun, gunfight at OK Corral from 1957. Uh, lawman Wyatt Earp and outlaw Doc Holliday form an unlikely alliance which culminates in their participation in the legendary gunfight at the OK Corral. Burt Lancaster is Earp. Kirk Douglas is uh, Holliday. Rhonda Fleming is... Uh, well, Rhonda Fleming <laughs> and Joe Josie. Van Fleet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Big nose cake. I know, but Rhonda Fleming is Rhonda, Rhonda Fleming. Rhonda Fleming, yes. I like what you did with your hands Thank there. you. <laughs> Two things. <laughs> yeah, Rhonda Fleming. Boot yeah. Hill. This was an interesting... Boot th- Yeah, this was an interesting so uh, portrayal of Doc so Holliday. <laughs> That's the background well, music. I, I, I agree with you, Harry. I, I think that... This is one of the better Doc Holidays that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you know my my affection for for Victor Mature and by Darling Clementine, and, yes. and of course Val Kilmer, yes. and Tombstone. But this is, um, you know, Holiday had. There's two things that people don't realize about Holiday. Um, first of all, he he was in so much pain all the time, and he was a Southern gentleman. Mm-hmm. He hated being touched. Mm-hmm. You couldn't touch him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that Douglas conveys that, com- the, like, just at the drop of a of a hat uh, with no warning, mm-hmm. he'll just, he'll, he'll crack and explode on you. Mm-hmm. And he, he provides that with his character. And I always found it to be excellent. This film grossed eleven and three quarter million dollars. That's nineteen fifty seven dollars. Yes, and that was a big, big. Yes. You know, interesting thing about this movie too is that in the scene with Joe Van Fleet when they're having the argument, mm-hmm. and he uh, starts throwing knives at right, her. Right, right. He did his own knife throwing. I wouldn't be surprised. And Joe Van Fleet refused to have a double, so you were actually seeing. Mm. A live actress with a live actor with live knives throwing them into the door. That's that's yeah. that tells you something about not only him but her as no, well. It take a lot of cojones to do that. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And again, well, the physicality. Mean, yeah. 
And she was a great actress when you look at her in, in not just this film, of course, but uh, in East of Eden with James Dean. Mm -hmm. She's, oh, I love that. There's something always just there's always something just under the surface even when she's nice to you mm -hmm. you you know she can turn on you like as my mother used to say she'd turn on you like a snake mm -hmm. and, your mother uh, used to turn on you come right at you <laughs> our next movie from 1959 last train from gun hill oh yeah john sturgis oh. movie Marshall tries to bring oh. the son of an old friend and autocratic Carol Barron to justice for his role in the rape and murder of the Marshall's Native American wife. Kirk Douglas, Anthony Mann, Carolyn Jones, and Earl Holloman. Earl Holloman Brad makes Dexter. a bad guy. Good bad guy. And, the Indian, and Brad Dexter. Yeah, and, and the Indian yeah. wife was Ziva Rodman. And, and this could, movie was filmed at the Empire Ranch. Yes, it was. It was Big time. I yeah. mean, you watch it, you can see there's a scene of uh, uh, of them rolling up uh, to the ranch house, and the, the the long long shot is, I mean, you can see Biscuit. The biscuit. Well, you know, this is one of the neat, one of the things I'm trying to do down there at the ranch, and I, it's just a matter of getting the BLM to cooperate. They're, they are, they seem to be on board, but where Anthony Quinn's ranch house, that was up on the hill just just before you get to it. You know where mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. red dirt road goes mm -hmm, up there, mm -hmm. and I want to make I want to get that designated as. Uh, Gun Hill viewpoint, yeah, because it's the best spot on the whole ranch. To see you everything. can see it better than yeah. any other yeah. spot no out question. there. Question: Great movie, great wow. movie. Wow, uh, good going, Bunker. Very yeah. good eye. Moving up this to this film, I, I I just think this film is it has so many levels to it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just one of my favorites, and the fact that uh, um uh with honorable mention, which sticks out for me most is. Uh, Anthony Quinn's uh, office mm -hmm. in his home. Oh, that's beautiful. The huge fireplace and the huge horns, and it's so ornate. And it's just it's one of my fantasies. So, you guys are in the mood to start buying gifts for my man cave. There you go. There's <laughs> a perfect illustrated version of it, and I'm willing to take anything and everything. Well, Very well. We've got our we've got our eye on this rack of horns from a miniature longhorn uh, for to go over the fireplace. <laughs> We, okay. we, we can ship them in the mail directly. You get a small <laughs> yeah. envelope. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a scalp jackalope walking around southern Tucson. Yes, exactly. Trying to find himself a six-pack of Coors and a Slim Jim. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm going to yeah. run over him and get him down. From 1961, we move to The Last Sunset, uh, directed by Robert Aldrich. Rock Hudson, Kirk Douglas, Dorothy Malone, and Joseph Cotton, a Mexican ranch fugitive O'Malley and pursuing Sheriff Stribling, agree to help rancher Breckenridge drive his herd into Texas, where Stribling could illegally arrest O'Malley, but Breckenridge's wife complicates things, of course. Don't forget Neville Brand and Jack Elam. Mm -hmm. And a script by yeah. Dalton Trumbo. Mm -hmm. Again. This one grossed $6.54 million. That's $1961. And one, of the, one of the names that was called in the trade papers was Strange on the Range. Mm. Because there's kind of a, a, a suggestion of uh, of uh, not child molesting, but what do you call it when you your own family? Uh, well, incest. It, it, incest. It, it, well, yeah, it's incest. incest. Because um, the mother, the the woman knows, he doesn't know, and she yeah. finally lets him know. And the daughter is hopelessly, hopelessly in love with Kirk Douglas, 
yeah. not knowing that he's her father or potentially her father. What a situation. So it's, it's on the border of becoming incest, and he then has to take the high road and and let her down easy and move on. My only problem with this picture, it's always been my only problem with this picture, is um, no cowboy uh, solely carried a, a derringer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's, a, it's just goofy, beyond goofy. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, everything fits in this film, and I've always liked it. We're not going to be able to get all of these movies yeah, in, just wanna but say, uh, uh, go ahead. I just want to say, one of the, the alternate, they had several alternate titles that they always do because pre-production titles or what, but I thought this title is so appropriate to the story, but not to, the, to a Western, The Hot Eye of Heaven. Hmm. I'm going to gloss over a couple of them here so to get to one uh, that I think we want to talk about before the break. Uh, we're gonna, uh, Lonely of the Brave from 62, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, the Way West from 67. Kirk Douglas, Robert Mitchum, Richard Wigmark, and Lola Albright. Um, and the one I want to get to here is The War Wagon from 67, and uh, it's Burt Kennedy director, John Wayne, Kirk Douglas, Howard Keel, Robert Walker Jr., and a cast of thousands. Yes, Bruce Cabot, uh, Joanne Barnes, Bruce Dern, Don Collier, Hal Needham. Yep. Good. So, uh, yeah. and, Hal, and Howard Keel was hilarious. Keenan Wynn. Keenan Wynn, yes. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, finish up here, take our break, and we'll come back and uh, wrap up our talk here with, about Kirk Douglas. And we've got to mention Robert Conrad in there, too. So we'll do that and be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. 
14 generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit Army. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at Tucson Old Trap and Ski. Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. BOW Radio. We are back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. It is Harry Alexander and Bunker de France yep. and Todd Roberts in yep. Los Angeles. The uh, one movie I want to definitely talk about here is uh, Kirk Douglas, The Villain. Uh, oh. It does not get a lot of IMDb ratings, uh, uh, but I'll tell you what. This, this was a fun, fun movie. Hal Needham directs. Facing a hanging, a bank robber makes a deal with a corrupt banker to avoid execution in exchange for a dirty assignment. Kirk Douglas, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Margaret and Paul Lind. Um, Don't forget me. And Bunker de France was in this movie yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and this was filmed entirely out at Old Tucson. Well, down at Old, an awful lot down around uh, uh, the... Uh, Real Rico area, yeah. and on Sonoyta Creek. But for the most part, Old Tucson. And uh, well, Arizona. I, All was, right. I was there. Southern, yeah, you were there. <laughs> Southern Arizona, let's yeah. say that. Okay, that's, that's, that's safe. I find found this movie, uh, I saw it at the theater with my kids, and we were not sure what we were going to see, but what we saw was hilarious. We laughed and sure. laughed and laughed. It basically is a Roadrunner cartoon put to... Uh, live action. You know, uh, I can't think of his first name, Lydecker. He's the old-time special effects uh, Bob, guy. Is he the Robert or Theodore? Uh, but he's been he'd been he he goes all the way back to yeah, the thirties. Republics. But uh, he was worked almost exclusively with Hal Needham at that time, and I tell you, it was the delight the boulder scene where he's being chased by the boulder. <laughs> he designed. A remote-controlled boulder. He could speed it up, slow it down, turn it to the left or the right, and it was, this guy was a genius. Yes, uh, I I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Not many others don't. Oh, I love that movie, and, and that's okay. I mean, you know, if you don't and, like, if you don't like cartoons, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and again. Whiskey makes his appearance. Whiskey the horse. I mean, right. you know, you can't have. Uh, uh, One of the great movie horses of all time, by the way. I'm looking up sound effects here. Sound effects? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They special had all effects. The, yeah, special effects. Special effects. Cliff, well, Cliff by Decker. Uh, other crud. Oh, he also built here. the Budweiser rocket car for uh, Hal, which set the land speed record. Uh, and uh, Kitty, oh, what's her name? The stunt gal. 
you know, she set the women's land speed record, and Stan, another stuntman, set the men's land speed record on that hmm. on that puppy, which was built by Lidecker mm-hmm. for Hal. Yeah, it's either it's either Robert or Theodore. I, I, I can't find. Oh, there it is. Special effects: Cliff Wenger, Carol Wenger, Cliff Wenger, and Joe Sargent. Uh, Joe Sargent uh, did the Boulder effects, and he's uncredited. But yes, he worked with Lidecker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, my Decker had to toggle. He was in command. I, I tell you, <laughs> the, the special effect. We got to do a, a a program on the special effects. Uh, the hey. the Lie brothers are right up there, man. They're the tops. I'm I'm an expert <laughs> at special defects. <laughs> the man from Snowy River from 1982. Oh, God, this grossed twenty point oh. sixty six million dollars in 1982 dollars. Uh, is set in 1880s Australia after young Jim Craig's father dies. Jim takes a job at the Harrison Cattle Ranch where he's forced to become a man. Kirk Douglas, Tom Berlinson, Terrence Donovan, and Tommy Dysart. It's directed by George Miller. And Douglas plays a dual role in there. He's Harrison and Spur, who are estranged brothers. Uh, and it's about land bear, cattle baron in Australia, but it's as western as it gets, and it's based off of a uh, epic bush poem by A. B. Banjo Peterson, who is like he's like the the cowboy poet of Australia. Uh, yeah, he's the mm-hmm. poet laureate or laureate of Australia. Final movie here uh, to talk about uh, western wise. It's a 1984 TV movie called Draw. Uh, and uh, this is uh, directed by Stephen Hilliard Stern, Kirk Douglas, Jim Coburn, Alexandria Bastedo, and Graham Jarvis. In the final days of the Old West, former Desperado faces down an outdrunken ex-sheriff who was his longtime nemesis. You know, you said that's the last one. I'm going to run well, through. Well, last that is listed here yeah. on IMDb. I'll, I want to run through a, a quickly a, a list of westerns we haven't touched on yet. Uh, Ace in the Hole, which is a contemporary mm-hmm. western, which we could we could almost spend a whole show on that. The Devil's Disciple, which mm-hmm. is a Revolutionary War. Uh, one of my favorites, A Gunfight, which was co-produced by his company and the Hickory Apaches. Posse, which was shot right here in Tucson, and then one that Posse he, is uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, and then it, turn, it turns all the norms on their ears. Yeah. He also produced a western with Roy Calhoun called Ride Out for Revenge, which is kind of low. And then another TV thing that he actually did was it was a saga of Western Man. It was an anthology uh, series, and he uh, did the narrator for Cortez and the Legend episode. Scalawag, which we, I mentioned earlier, there was a crooked man, which that's a that's a. A Western prison movie, and of course, The Way West, which we mentioned, and that's the stuff I have. Well, and uh, R.I.P. Kirk Douglas, um, we're going to miss you. Uh, Robert Conrad also passed, and unfortunately, we don't have a whole bunch of time to talk about him, but suffice to say, you know Robert Conrad from uh, the Rat Patrol series, as well as probably his most he famous was, one. Rat Patrol? I think, uh, no, oh, that, was, that, that was Christopher, Christopher, George, George, George I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, his, he did six series. His most famous one, I think, was Wild Wild West. Yes, and then he did Surfside Six, Surfside six yeah. which got him, which got him going. And then he did one which I like, really liked was High Mountain Rangers, mm-hmm. 
which he did with yeah. his sons, and I thought it was yeah. an excellent series. I it just didn't go for so. Todd, you talked about uh, Wild Wild West, how formative it was for you in your growing up years. <laughs> well, my older brother, Curtis, and I, who's seven years older than I am, uh, this was a show that we watched literally without fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was almost, re- we watched it religiously, and we were completely in, in, uh, into it. Um, Curtis was into it because of all the technology gadgets he had, and I was just into it because he used to beat guys up. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I can't talk enough about it. And at the same time, Artemis Gordon um, yeah. is, the, that character is yeah. so good yes. by Ross, uh, Ross um, Martin. I forget his Ross, Ross Martin. Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, and by the way, a great actor. A really great mm-hmm. actor. Uh, and for those of you who don't know that he's a great actor, he plays the villain in a fabulous film directed by Blake Edwards in black and white with Liam Remick. Mm, yes. And he kidnaps her sister and holds her hostage and, uh, and keeps... Uh, keeps her on the line to give him money. She works at a bank. She's a teller. And he keeps giving her articles of her clothing. Hmm. And by the end of the film, she's basically in her underwear. And he's, he's, it's really, it's a very dark, dark portrayal as opposed to this character in Wild Wild West who is funny and lovable and affable and the antithesis of uh, Jim West. Um, but always Jim West, you know, uh, this is a character who's the ultimate physical specimen, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. trained to the utmost best possible scenarios of everything, of equipment and training, and his nemesis is the ultimate brain, being uh-huh. Dr. Loveless, yes. yeah. you know, who who is just somebody you want to, you know, I, I'm, I apologize if I offend anybody, but you kind of want to step on him. You know, it like a bug. And you can't because he's too quick. Right. And yes. he's too smart. And there's a lot, a lot of Dr. Moriarty yes. and Sherlock Holmes yes, relationship yeah. in yes. this series. Well, and, and uh, the Wild Wild West was the first that brought us uh, the steampunk. The ultimate. Ultimate steampunk genre. And uh, for that, we're we're most grateful. That's all the time we have for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, we talked about Kirk Douglas and briefly about Robert Conrad's passing. Next time we get together, it's going to be cowboy poetry we're yeah. talking, right, Bunker? Right. And it just w- this hour was way too short. It yeah. was just so much fun. Well, and, they always are. And I pre- appreciate uh, uh, almost, almost as short as Dr. Loveless. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Todd. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk at you again. Bunker, thank you so much. And, it is always uh, a delight. That is, uh, that is it for us for today. So long. Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.